Welcome! This is Not Good, Just Free, an advice podcast where a couple of friends in their mid-twenties try to cure the world's ills in 30 minutes. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Gabriel. Gabriel, do you have a fact for us this week? I do. You have tiny, tiny rocks in your brain. I'm delighted. Please go on. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's called, um... Let's see. So the, the scientific name for this, corpora aranacea. Okay. More commonly called brain sand. Brain and sand. They're tiny calcified uh, structures in the pineal gland uh, and a few other areas of the brain. And you get more of them as you get older. And I think it's not just humans. Everybody gets brain sand? The The Wikipedia article is quite short as far as wikipedia articles about body things go and that's because no one knows why they happen or what they're for we just have sand in our brains yes and that's just how it goes and you develop more as you age i makes the pineal gland more visible on x-rays is it perhaps to create a better environment for the space worms that will inhabit our brains when we hit like 50 or so? Maybe. Either the space worms or the fourth dimensional, no, sorry, fifth dimensional spiders. Ooh. Could be fifth dimensional spiders. Yeah. But I feel like worms are more associated with sand. That's true. I just uh, know far less about the space worms than the fifth dimensional spiders. Mm, see, I spent some significant time specifically looking into the space worms. Oh. Yeah, it's not good, but, you know. And these worms inhabit sand? Sometimes, yeah. I always thought worms were more of a, a, a dirt dirt sort of creature. Well, there can be sandworms. Oh, yeah, like in the trailer for, what was it? Dune. Dune. Whatever happened to Dune? Did it come out? I think it was going to come out, and now it's going to come out again. Oh, okay. You know? You know how that goes in this recent time that we live in where movies were going to come out and now they're still going to come out, you know? Yes. Yeah, I think I've been the seeing the trailer. The James Bond movie is finally coming out a year and a half late. Is it still? This October or November. Do we have a new Bond? Is it still? No, it's still Daniel Craig. He's far too Let old. Let him go. Let him rest. He needs, he needs a break. Really Let him do more character one. acting. We need Daniel Craig in more roles where he is inexplicably Southern because he was yeah. aces in Logan Lucky and Knives Out. Get that man a Southern accent more often. He, he took a donut and, and there's a hole, the hole in the donut. Into a smaller donut. But the donut hole isn't, is itself a donut. And there's a smaller hole. In, anyway, it's great. The donut hole in the donut's hole. <laughs> so good in that movie sweet beans is probably my favorite line he says in that movie it's when he's like walking up to the window and like the old ancient decrepit grandma is just standing there <laughs> and she's like worried he's gonna find the clue and he goes sweet beans and it's great <laughs> so yeah that's brain sand brain sand 
Amazing. Alyssa, do you have love a sponsor for us today? We do have a sponsor this week. This week's episode is brought to you by the unending suspense of the DVD idle screen. Will that little logo ever hit a corner? If it does, will its purpose be fulfilled? Is that truly all it was meant for? Or is there perhaps something more? Something beyond the boundaries of the screen? I'm not exactly sure who I'm supposed to give money to here. That's just who the episode is brought to us by. Oh, okay. So it's, uh... It's, I guess it's kind of a non-profit organization. Uh-huh. Now. They're sponsoring research. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Into that DVD logo. The DVD logo itself is issuing a cry for help. Oh, and yeah, And research into what is its purpose in life... Is it alive? It wants to know. Oh. There's actually a link on our website to the GoFundMe for this particular project. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So uh, look for that on our website. Yeah, just go uh, check out our website for that. Why don't we just uh, get into the questions here? Great. Here's our first question. Dear NGJF, as the weather gets warmer, I rely less and less on my dog for warmth. How can I convince my dog to love me less? Hmm. Not like dislike me, but just not be all over my lap and snuggling all the time. Signed, Well, it's... Wait, say that name again. So, hold on, I'm going to say it now. Oh yeah, that's weird. Dogs. I, would, I don't have dog. You don't have I've dog? I've never had dog. Okay, but what about owning a dog no i've never owned a dog either oh okay i actually haven't either i have had younger siblings oh how do you get them to love you less um i don't know never <laughs> happened you're just too likable gabe but i if they were upon me and i didn't wish for them to be upon me i did just kind of sort of shove them away and I don't know how similar dogs are to small child siblings. I think dogs could be similar in size, depending on the dog and depending on the child. Yes. So they could be shovable. I think you could shove a dog gently, kindly. I think you can shove a dog kindly off your lap. Like, no, no don't do that. I think maybe also giving them another place to hang out that's not your lap like a really comfy like dog bed or something. I just As far as I understand it, dogs are motivated by like two or three things. Treats, affection, and comfiness. So what you're saying is that should work out and exercise and get so very fit mm. that his body just becomes extremely tough and bony and hard to sit upon. Mm -hmm. Or what is it dogs do? Lay. Lay. Yes, lay upon. Yeah, I think the best strategy you have is get really ripped, get your dog a comfy dog bed, and bribe them with treats to lay on that dog bed. If, if that doesn't work, then uh, I would say your last possible course of action is to simply make the dog less warm. Shave it? Shave it. Shave the dog. All right, next question. <laughs> Okay. Greetings, NGJF. 
I am returning to college after a years-long hiatus of indecision. In this process, I've come to the sobering realization that had I taken the opportunity to more fully attend college in my youth, I would have already had the very degree I'm going back for and could already be working in my chosen career field. How do I overcome the crushing regret of what could have been? Sincerely, a regretful 20-something. Ah, a fellow 20-something. That's true. We are in our mid-twenties. This is sad. I'm sad. It is sobering to realize that you could have already been where you wanted to go. But here's um, my advice. My thought is, uh, don't. Don't overcome the crushing regret of what could have been. Become consumed by it. Let it drive and fuel you to create a time machine. Because somebody needs to invent time travel, and it could very well be you, regretful 20-something, if you are sufficiently consumed by your despair. Um, And your degree is in something that involves... Quantum physics? Physics and mechanics. Yeah. If, however, you're going for a degree in the social sciences or humanities, uh, then continue to feel regret. And also feel regret that you are going to go study those things now. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Gabe. (laughs) That's rude. No, it's fine. I have a social sciences degree. Oh, okay. That's fine. (laughs) Could you... um, No, no, it's fine. I have friends who did the humanities. (laughs) (laughs) Could you invent time travel with your economics degree? No. Mm. Then what good are you to the world? Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely with you, uh, Alyssa, on the uh, being consumed with your regret thing. Um, even if you don't invent time travel because of it, mm. uh, I would say that's the only uh, course of action that I can think of. Becoming consumed by regret? Yes. See, I think it's only good to become consumed by regret if it's going to be productive. Um... And if you're going into a if you're going into a creative field as well, then that deep painful regret will also be very useful. Right. Keep it in that case also. Listen, here's some. Oh, I'm straying into actual advice. Be careful there. All right. Here's here's some borderline real advice. Those years are gone, unless you're going to create time travel and and go back and do it again. It's happened. And I imagine that in those years that you spent in indecision, you were doing other things and you were growing and developing as a person, which is pretty clear because you've made a decision now. I would suggest trying to find a way to be grateful for those years you spent, looking for uh, the good in them and looking for the reasons that it was a good thing for your life and for who you've become to take that time to think about it. Um, Because now you know that that's what you want to do and where you want to be and you're still going to be able to get that degree and you're going to work in your chosen career field and it's all going to be all right. Um, You just took a little bit more time to get there and honestly, that's totally fine. My advice would be to always remember that no matter what path you could or could have chosen, there's always room for failure and there's always room for things to go terribly wrong. Uh, You say that if you had started working on your degree several years ago, you'd already be in your chosen career field. But you could be completely wrong about that. 
And in a few years' time, you may discover that you were completely wrong if, in fact, you do not find yourself in your chosen career field. I think what Gabe's trying to say is there's really no way of knowing how anything's going to go. Exactly. There's no knowing where we're going. <laughs> but the rowers keep on rowing, and somehow we're back. Yeah. To... And they're not showing that they're slowing. <laughs> oh, no. So the danger must be growing. <laughs> uh... Okay. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. Regretful 20-something, make time travel, or uh, end up in Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Those are your two options. Question time. Oh my gosh. Dear NGJF, my local werewolf told me <laughs> that blue moons cause super lycanthropy. Now I am worried about werewolves. <laughs> Spelled wrong. Can you refute this claim using facts and or logic so I can sleep at night? Thanks, Sleepless in the Centennial. This is really serious. And I'm glad you've asked this. Yeah. There is, there is no greater tool, I think, than facts and logic. Oh my gosh. Um... So, let's... Uh, let's dig into this. Yes, let, let's... Thank you for your question. Let's dig into this using the method you requested, which is, of course, facts and logic. Uh, so, uh, let's consider... Let's consider what a blue moon is. Alyssa, what is a blue moon? A, a blue moon um, is a phenomenon that occurs in... Um the sky when the moon gets real sad the moon just gets real sad and feels lonely and gets upset about the fact that it's only reflecting the light of the sun and doesn't really have any generative light of its own and the moon's general course of action when it gets really sad is to wrap itself in blue cellophane so the moon gets sad and covers itself in blue cellophane and that is a blue moon this we know to be fact. This we know to be true. Now, let's say that it is a blue moon, and the moon has wrapped itself in blue cellophane. That means that the moon is blocking out more light than it otherwise would, mm -hmm. because through blue cellophane, as we know, only blue light can pass. Which is less visible. Exactly. There's less visible tones. light going through. Uh, than, than there otherwise would be. Mm -hmm. Now, werewolves. 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 We know, we know that werewolves are, of course, transformed by moonlight uh, mm -hmm. on a full moon. Where, werewolves are. Yes. Werewolves, which is what he's concerned about. Super lycanthropy. Wolves that are werewolves. Exactly. Right. So werewolves transformed by the moon. We well, know well, this. One, one, one step at a time, Alyssa. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, um, you, you are correct. You are correct in that uh, in your description of super lycanthropy, which is the transformation into werewolves. Right. But that, of course, can't happen during a blue moon. As, as we know, super lycanthropy is more lycanthropy than normal lycanthropy. Right. Werewolves are even more aware than werewolves usually are. Absolutely true. 
and 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 it simply it simply couldn't be the case. It simply couldn't be the case that receiving less moonlight, which is the 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 trend the transforming uh, 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 um, uh, um, word word I'm looking for a word element property. It's the catalyst. catalyst. The the transforming catalyst here being moonlight. Right. It, it of course, you know, when there's less of it, that couldn't possibly that doesn't make sense. Cause a wolf to be more aware. That does not involve logic. Nor facts. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's really happening scientifically, um, sleepless and centennial is that when the moon wraps itself in cellophane, it's blocking out certain wavelengths of light that are fundamental to transforming um, a, a wolf into a wearer wolf. Namely um, green through red. Yes. Yes, those warmer warmer tones. Um, the higher the higher frequency wavelengths. Yes. Only the, the lower frequency wavelengths are coming through, which are not enough to excite the werewolf particles in a werewolf person. A pre-wolf no. werewolf, a pre-wolf exactly. individual, um, those lower wavelengths are not enough. So a blue moon is not what's going to happen, is, is not what's going to do super lycanthropy. Super lycanthropy is possible under conditions that are not yet witnessed in laboratory conditions super lycanthropy has been produced and it's it's very under circumstances to produce, when the moon would wrap itself in say red cellophane which is just not something the moon does but it is difficult to produce it like, is very difficult to produce the the conditions only last like maybe three or four seconds each before becoming unstable and collapsing and collapsing basically. on itself yeah so super lycanthropy is possible, but not in a natural environment. I think it's safe to say we've given you the tools to address this local werewolf uh, that you spoke of. Yeah, and, I wonder and... where this local werewolf is getting his facts and logic. Oh, well, let me tell you, the mainstream media is... It's just sloppy journalism these days, really. Any werewolf from who knows where can come out and tell you that exactly. the moon's doing whatever. And, and I think, honestly, if if anything, um, this local werewolf might be trying to scare you off. On a blue moon, lycanthropy is less powerful. This is This is the case, because fewer moon wavelengths are coming through. Yes, we, so, we know this to be true the werewolves that you'll meet during a blue moon will be less strong. So I think this local werewolf is trying to do some reverse psychology here and convince you that super lycanthropy, which as we've discussed using facts and logic, yes. is is not possible in a natural environment, is taking place at a time when werewolves are actually more vulnerable. So I would keep that in mind um, anytime a werewolf tries to convince you of anything similar. Well, I, I would consider that pretty well covered. I would I would consider the local werewolf to be completely owned using facts and logic. All right. This next se segment is called You're Asking Us, wherein we try to answer a question that we are extremely unqualified to answer. Dear NGJF, how do I remain positive while looking for a job? I just finished my degree, so now I am looking for a job, but there aren't as many openings as I would have liked. How do I keep my head up during this difficult time? Blake. I'm not very good 
at jobs yet. Are you good at the job you have? Yeah, but it's a it's kind of a small job. Hmm. I don't know much about looking for jobs. I mean, like little jobs, but not like I actually have to start thinking about this because I'm about to get a degree pretty soon, and I need to start looking for a job that I can do with that degree. And there are jobs that I can do with this degree. They're out there. But will I be able to get one? That's the question. But in a broader sense, that isn't the question. Right. The actual question was how to maintain a positive outlook while you're busy not finding a job. My first instinct is to remind you that there's always a way to fail. (laughs) So... Just keep that in mind as as we move forward with our discussion. Yeah, there's a possibility that you're not going to get a job. Um, yes. And Gabe would probably encourage you to keep that present with you at all times. Yes, always, always consider the option of failing, which in this case could be anything from long-term unemployment to getting a job that doesn't involve your degree. There are a myriad of ways to fail, some of which are better than others. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm trying to say here. Okay, great. What I'm going to try to say here is that there are so many ways you could succeed. Oh, well. It's true. That doesn't seem terribly realistic. Just because it's not pessimistic doesn't mean it's not realistic. Because oh, it's that's what you think. true that there are many ways that you could succeed. It's possible that this time spent looking for a job is um, good developmental time for you in different areas of your life. And also, it's possible that not getting a job right now will lead you to a job that you really like later. Maybe if you got a job right away, you'd miss out on an opportunity that's even better um, a little bit down the road. Um, you never know. You never know what's out there. You never know what's available and what's possible. And I think if you keep putting yourself out there, something is bound to happen. Or not. Something's going to happen. Well, something will happen. Something will happen. Something good or something bad. But anything that happens can be construed for your benefit. And I think that's the ticket. Just decide now that whatever happens, you're going to make it work. And it's going to be all right. And even if it isn't, there are other ways that it could go wrong. Even worse, possibly better. How does that help you stay positive? Um, I'm just really more going for a balance here. Okay, alright. As long as you're acknowledging the fact that you're directly not answering the question. We want to be balanced here. Yeah, we want to present all sides of every issue. Exactly. All right, I don't know. I've never looked for a job after I've graduated from college. Gabe, you've looked for a job after you graduated from college. Do you work in your degree? No. Yeah, we have no idea. I think we have time for one more question. Do you think so? I do think oh, that. Oh, I'm, I'm excited about that. Well, let's hear one more. All right. Dear NGJF, what should I name my Wi-Fi network? Thanks, Jim Bob Mulligan. What a guy. Hmm, things to name a Wi-Fi network. I think that depends on what philosophy you have in your life, Jim Bob. Gabe has something. Well, my immediate thought is to go through things that you shouldn't name your Wi-Fi, because they've been overdone. Okay, such as? Such as wife puns. Oh, okay, yeah. Such as, uh, my wife I love her. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Or... That's funny. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> things with swear words or inappropriate. Oh, don't do that. That just makes everyone just uncomfortable. Unpleasant. A series of random numbers and letters. Oh, don't do that. Please actually name it. Or uh, an, a very annoying pun. It's okay to it's okay to name your your Wi-Fi uh, a pun. Uh huh. Um, but a very annoying pun such as five G network, but it's actually just five letter G's. Oh, that's like very you tell, bad. You tell everyone that it's five G. I'm looking at a list of um, Wi-Fi network names right now, just local. Um, the one that I am connected to is called the Internet. Yeah. Which I think is good. That's accurate. It is the internet. Um, there are a couple of Century Links. I would say another thing you shouldn't do is just leave it what it is, which yeah, is what those Century Links I think are. Fuzzy, we've got a fuzzy. Um, heart is another one. Probably a name. I would also not recommend that. Don't name it your name. A name is not the worst thing it could be. We've got capital N slash A. Not applicable. Um, I don't understand that one, but. Good for them. And then we've got lowercase n slash a. Ah. Uh, Rigby, presumably Eleanor. Sublevel 3. Oh. Inspires some mystery. What? Huh. No, I was just thinking about some odd noises I heard when I came home last night. Well, honestly, the last few nights. Is, is there a sublevel here? Um, I don't know. I, I didn't think so until you read that out. I haven't seen any stairs going down. Well, you wouldn't, is the thing. Hmm. Sublevels usually have elevators. Hmm. And there's no elevator. On Not as bar. far as I can find. Hmm. I don't know what's on the other side of the fence, though. Indeed. The fence that blocks off the river. Presumably the river. Well, yes, but it's a it's a heavily wooded river, so there's also a lot that you just can't see. There could be an elevator out there. Yeah. That would explain all the people. What people? What people? You said it would explain all the people. I did? Can we circle back? What should Jim Bob name his Wi-Fi network? There are a myriad of puns you could use, either, uh, uh, uh... You could name you know. it something really concerning, like the people who watch me from the woods. That's a, that's a Disney movie, isn't it? <laughs> the Watcher in the Woods. Ugh. I remember getting, uh, it was, it was one of the preview ads on, on our VHS copy of Disney's The Headless Horseman. Sorry, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, that's the proper that's, name. That's the proper name. I think whatever you name your Wi-Fi network, you should give it, as we just said, a proper name. Give it, give it something to be proud a of. A proper name, uh, you know, your 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 household's last name. If you're a family, if if you if you're that's really acceptable. Mulligan. Um, if Although you want... people might think you're a golfer if you name your Wi-Fi network Mulligan. In which case, you'll have to take up golf. But you know, <laughs> I like golf. People like golf. Some people do. If you need help coming up with puns, uh, look at the brand of your router, and that might help inspire you. Like I had uh, a, a Linksys router for a while, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I named it a Linksys to the past, oh, that's which is funny. a video game reference. Oh, okay. I thought it's, it was funny as it was. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. The missing linksis. That's good. I like I like a pun based on your router. You could also just name it something of personal significance. Whatever it is, you want your Wi-Fi network to be proud, to be able to hold its metaphorical head high and carry this name with it forward and, and serve your household well. You know, this is this is a sign of trust and a sign of respect that you are offering your Wi-Fi network to give it a good, proper name. Um, and if you name it well, it, it will serve you well. If you play the trumpet, coronet gear. <laughs> that's not a... Trumpets and coronets are different. A coronet is just a trumpet that's been wound differently. But that's exactly the thing. It's been wound differently. It's a different instrument. Yeah, listen. If it, the tubes are different, then it's a different thing entirely. It's hard to come up with Netgear puns. You didn't have to. No one was forcing you into that. And now you've gone and slandered trumpets and coronets. I haven't slandered them. You've equated them with each other, which is akin to slander. They're basically the same instrument. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm listening to this. This is, this is insane. Listen, Jim Bob, name it something that speaks to your heart, and to your spirit, and to your mind. Unless it breaks one of those rules I gave you. Yeah. And then you're wrong. And also, only name it coronet gear if you're a coronet player. I don't I don't want any of this business of trumpet players naming their Wi-Fi network coronet gear. Good gracious. You ever notice how the more expensive a Wi-Fi router gets, the more evil it looks? Yes. Uh, they, they it looks start, more they able to looking... gain sentience. Yeah, they start looking like uh, uh, Saruman's crown. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do with like the all, lights all and, the, and the and pointy. Yeah, black. yeah. Or uh, there was one that looked like Kylo Ren's ship from The Last Jedi. Ooh, all red and pointy and black. And essentially U-shaped. Hmm. I kind of want to find a five G tower. Uh huh. I know this isn't as much of a thing as it was like two years ago. So you know how a few loud people on the internet thought 5G was evil and 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 going to fry children or something? I'm aware of this concept, um, yeah. I was in a Best Buy during that time looking at routers, and I just thought, I want to find a 5G tower and make it look evil. Like... <laughs> Paint it black and give it pointy red spikes and red lights all over the place. Uh-huh. I just think that would be fun and cool. <laughs> well, I support you in your dreams, Gabriel. Um, but I will not actually physically support you in that. If you're going to do that, you're going oh, yeah, to get Oh, yeah, I'm not going to people. try that. If I tried that, it would almost certainly fail. And we're back to the failure. Yeah. Well, I think... I mean, unless you have anything else on the subjects of failure or 5G... No. I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening to Not Good Just Free. If you have questions for us, send them to notgoodjustfreeadvice at gmail.com. That's notgoodjustfreeadvice, all one word, at gmail.com. We'll do our best, but you never know. We might fail. Oh my gosh. Or we could do a really good job. Uh, unlikely. <laughs> After all... No, not yet. We really couldn't do this without you, so thank you for making this possible. I'm still Alyssa. I'm still Gabriel. Please, don't fail to share us with your friends. <laughs> and, 
And remember, if you disagree with any of our advice... You are probably right. It's not good. It's just free. We fail to be good every time, but we never fail to be free. We don't always fail to be good. Sometimes we... Remember that one time we gave good advice? Yeah. But it is definitely free, though. Bye. Bye.